afternoon and welcome to today's Mary Trump Show live stream of the 7th, I believe, uh, January Select Committee hearing uh, looking into the insurrection. Uh, joining me right now is Dean Obadala, a host of the Dean Obadala podcast. Uh, how are you and what do you think? It's a seventh hearing. I can confirm it. I just fact checked it. Yes, it is the seventh hearing. So we are right. Hang on one second. I'm getting a little bit of feedback and I don't know why. Hmm. Huh. Very weird. From me or from you? I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Can you hear anything? Because I, uh, I hear you clearly. Okay. Anyway, I think we solved the problem. Uh, so Dean, I was hoping since I don't have you for that much time, sure. you can kind of, uh, set up today's hearing, what you think has been going on, especially with the marathon deposition of Pat Cipollone and the fact that we now know that he didn't, he never pleaded the fifth. He never contradicted any previous testimony. And as far as we know, he corroborated a lot of it, which I think is very exciting. So what do you, what do you think we should be looking for today? Well, today's the big thing that we've heard from the outside is they're going to talk about the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and their relationship with the January 6th terrorist attack. It's sort of like the January 6th committee is almost like a boy band. Everybody gets their time to do a solo. So today's Jamie Raskin and Stephanie Murphy get to come forward and do their <laughs> solos. They get to lead the questioning, you know, the whole thing like, girl, you know I love you, that kind of stuff. This is their <laughs> time to go up there and, and do the boy band thing. But what I think everyone should listen carefully what we're looking for is tying Trump world to Oath Keepers and Proud Boys and to remind people the leaders of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers have already been charged with seditious conspiracy, which is a very, very serious felony. It's like literally right below treason. Right. It's using violence to prevent Congress, in this case, from doing their job. So they're facing up to 20 years. you got Stuart Rhodes. you got the Proud Boys leader. We're also going to hear a lot, because Jamie Raskin talked about it, the December 19th tweet of Donald Trump. 2020, where he said, statistically impossible to have lost the 20 2020 election. And here's the big part. Big protests in D.C. on January 6th. Be there will be wild. And in response, the Proud Boys, I mean, Oath Keepers, and this is in the indictments, were saying things like Kelly Meggs, who's charged with issues conspiracy, wrote, Trump said it's going to be wild. He said he wants us to make it wild. That's what he's saying. He called us to the Capitol and wants us to make it wild. Sir, yes, sir. Gentlemen, we are heading to D.C. Pack your shit. This is in the indictments now. So what we're looking for is that link of evidence where it's not happenstance. It's not like this own universe that old keepers and progress are doing their thing and Trump's doing his. If you have that bridge of connection of evidence, then you have seditious conspiracy. And the only thing I've heard so far is Cassidy Hutchinson saying Rudy Giuliani mentioned Proud Boys and Oath Keepers in the White House in the lead up to January 6th. Why? We don't know. It could have just been like, I hate those guys, which we know that wasn't it. You know, that's what it should have been. We don't know what's going on. So everyone should listen carefully. Are there evidence presented that Proud Boys and Oath Keepers were talking to anybody in the Trump inner circle? And then you're getting to charge somebody in the inner circle with seditious conspiracy. I'm not sure who, but we will see. Yeah, I, I and I just want to correct myself. You're the host of the Dino Badella show on Sirius sure. XM. Um, and Jen, hi, uh, Jen Tab, author of Big Dirty Money. What do you what do you think we should be looking for? To hi, Brian. Hey, hi, everybody. Um, Brian, we're just, uh, I was just asking Jen. Brian I, just woke he, up. He's good. <laughs> that's what it's like. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. I'm okay. It, was, it wasn't good. that bad last night. <laughs> uh, so 
you know, Dean just gave us a little preview of what to look for. And I, I was just going to ask Jen the same thing because uh, as Dean and I just talked about a little bit ago, uh, we heard a lot of um, very encouraging news from Pat Cipollone, not specifics about his testimony, but that just generally uh, it was very good news for those of us who wanted to have previous testimony by people like Cassidy Hutchinson confirmed or at the very least not not contradicted. Yeah, I mean, I. <clears throat> they got Jen. Uh -oh. I took her out. Sorry, you, Jen, you froze oh, up a little bit. OK, Sorry. good. That's OK. Yeah, I know. So I'm, I'm eager to see Patsy Baloney's testimony. Um, I don't know if they're going to show clips of video or have that thing where you, they have the photo of him and his, his voice. Right. Um, any of that would be good. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also curious whether they're going to have, I'm forgetting the name of the person who might corroborate um, the testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson. Is her name Elisa Farrar or something like no, that? No, Sarah something. I don't oh. remember. Elisa Farrar it was also there, but I think she was just a friend of Cassidy Hutchinson's okay. and had supported, you know, was supporting her uh, version of events. I do believe though it's another young woman who was in the White House at around the same time. Yeah. And then also, you know, I think that from what we're seeing in the press about what we might, what we might hear or the connection to be drawn today is perhaps linking members of Congress to what went down and, you know, the sort of, what we call what people are now calling the convergence. Oh, I'm gonna ignore Brian. Um, I'm sorry, Dean. This is Dean, a up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's uh, but you know this this so-called convergence. They're not. I like the c word. Like they're not saying conspiracy. Right. Not saying collusion. They're saying convergence. It's a really good word because you start with convergence and then you you decide whether it's it's beyond convergence. Like how did these right. threads converge? How did these physical and um, mental planning come together and when did they and, and who are the communication points and was it just in other words it's bad enough to have these folks saying trump says it's going to be wild i think he's speaking to us let's go and him doing nothing that's like what we know now mm -hmm. it's worse when there was anyone whether it be roger stone or michael flynn or any of these characters um that that facilitated or gave the nod um, to this. So I, you know, I'm just, I'm looking for connect the dots, you know, that, that that's about my skill in art is connect the dots. And, you know, I'm already seen enough dots connected and, you know, yeah. I, you know, but. Depends but, on whether you're wearing the shades. <laughs> well, that, the dot, I need to see more dots today. Yeah. Although, you know, Jen, it's interesting you use that. I, that is a phrase I have heard uh, people saying that the committee has said it, it's going to do, which, which, definitely uh is something that needs to happen more i i just wish i had my sunglasses at hand um, i have my hand somewhere for you mary but you know uh, i feel better but also like if some like when jen yeah. said convergence i wanted to go with convergence like that <laughs> what I to have like, you know, the same that's thing i'm gonna bring my pink um my hippie sunglasses should i wear my rose bring your randy glasses? rainbow glasses there, there you go you it is bright today where we are <laughs> Yeah, one thing what Jen said, uh, yeah. the thing you're going to have to look at today, I don't think this this hearing, this committee has taken a single misstep. 
I think they've been very calculating. They've been very cautious. And I think if they say they're going to link it, then they're going to link the dots, then they're going to link the dots. And Jamie yep. Raskin coming out saying that you have to believe, you know, that we believe everything Cipollone said and he verified everything that we had. That's kind of a tip off of where we're going today. I, I don't think this committee has ever once said that they were going to deliver something and then not deliver it. And I could be proven wrong today. They could really, you know, mess it up today. But I think if you just, if uh, past is prologue, then I think that they're probably going to show you something today. And we're all going to, you know, it's going to be like every day I was in the, you know, Trump White House. Yeah, you, you can't eat your works in this and every day being wrong. And, t you know, today I think is going to be the day they're going to, you know, bring it up a notch in the other direction and show exactly uh, the link between, you know, at least the administration. You got Dr. Ronnie Jackson running for cover. So I think that, that there's probably going to be something today that's going to upset all these people. <laughs> one one can only hope. Um, hi, Adam. I, I hi, Ali. We're just, we're just kind of uh, previewing a little bit. Um, you know, we know that the committee has used the phrase connect the dots, and we know that they're going to focus on the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and the other Nazi groups that have affiliated themselves with Donald and Trump administration. I'm just curious about something. And, and Jed, this, 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 um... oh, Norm is backstage. I, Hopefully he'll be don't able to come. Don't let Norman. Is that nice? Um, you know, we've we've heard the phrase uh, "willful blindness," and if everybody in the universe, except for Rudy Giuliani, is telling you you lost the election, you don't get to pretend that you think that we you didn't, right? And I'm curious <laughs> if there's the same thing going. Hey, Norm. Hi. Um, if there's the same thing. I like that picture, but I, I wish Norm were actually moving. <laughs> you froze. Um, you froze, Norm. Great cheers. Oh, there you are. Okay, so um, I'm wondering if the same thing applied. Like if every single person in Donald's orbit was directly in contact with or converging with the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, like how can we say that Donald also wasn't involved, right? I mean, hi, George. Uh, Adam, hey, Allie, anything? Can I respond and then say something? Oh, sure. Okay, I got it. So I'm, I'm hijacking this. It's because it's, it's of Brian. So I decided since we're not supposed to talk when testimony is happening, here's my signal for this is really good. My rose colored oh, glasses. Awesome. Nice. And then here's nice. my, oh, fuck, I'm going to have a rage attack because Merrick Garland's never going to do anything. That's these glasses. There you go. I like those. And this I is, I want to actually see what's going on. Uh, I've got those too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if I see oh, these, I, like these I don't want to see what's going on. Oh, there's at all. Dean. Oh, you're looking cool, Dean. This is my Joe Biden glasses. Yeah. Those Biden. are those are actually. Oh my God! This, everybody, has, Norm, those are well, it's, awesome. It's to blind us from Mary Stardom. Uh, yeah. I should have worn my. I should have worn my transition. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I ate like that once. I, I feel so naked. <laughs> We're all ready to go. So, I I think there actually damn it. there there are opportunities to kind of kibitz during the hearings, but choose them wisely. Um, <laughs> so okay, we we have a, just a couple of minutes, and uh, Dean has to leave us. So just quickly, yes, Norm, George, Adam, Ali, just really quickly, like what do you expect? What are you most looking for today? And then, Dean, if we can get your, your final thoughts before the committee starts and you leave. Uh, Norm. I'm, I'm hoping that we see that this goes back to the uh, stand back and stand by comments in September, that this was not something that just arose spontaneously after the election, 
and then we're going to see a lot of interconnections with the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, and QAnon, among others, that was coordinating all of this and planning for it. And I think they've got a lot of stuff there that they're going to tell us. Yeah, I have to believe he would not have said stand back and stand by if he hadn't known that uh, they were listening. Uh, Allie? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And if anything, you know, it's like he had willful ignorance about what was going on at the very least. So we know that he was coordinating with these people on some level. And at the very least, he he knew what was happening and didn't do anything about it. Adam? I think I'm just excited for the uh, the shock factor. They've done a great job producing this and keeping it down to two hours with a break in between. And so it's what are we going to learn that we didn't know before that no one's saying right now? And, and uh, that seems to happen each time. Yeah, to you know, to the any concern, and look, we're all nervous about this. We all want it to be perfect, but this is the seventh. Oh, for God's sakes, you have you have my fedora. <laughs> That's my hat, by the way. That's a lot of. Um. Anyway. Wait a minute, we're doing hats. Holy shit, Brian! Wow, that is next level. That is so Elon Musk. Actually, I hate to say it. Well, but. All right. Thompson, it for me. Yeah. No, but seriously, <laughs> after seven hearings, I I. Think I trust them now. Um, okay, yeah. George, what's uh, something um, you're looking for today? Just what I'm looking for is tangible connective tissue between Donald's camp and these groups. The tangible connective yep. tissue, not just hearsay, uh, not just maybe there was. I hate that word collusion because it's just been so bastardized, you know, during the whole Trump process. Well, but Jen said convergence. Tangible... Convergence is good word. The word we should be looking for. But there was some like like that we could through text messages some WhatsApp messages. I don't give a shit. But there was right. some evidence that there was some contact between these groups. We're going to be here at this time. Get your peeps ready, kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Dean, final thoughts before you leave us. Look, the first the earlier hearings, a lot were behind the scenes stuff about that one bucket of criminality, Donald Trump doing the behind the scenes coup, pressuring DOJ, pressuring election officials, pressuring his own vice president. And then you have that other bucket, which is the attack itself. And Cassidy Hutchinson gave us the first insight into that, where we learned that Trump knew they were armed when he told them to go down there. He wanted to be there with them. Today, we're going to learn about these actual terrorist groups, where if you look at the indictment of Stuart Rhodes, the head of the Oath Keepers, in the indictment, they have his communications on the day Donald Trump was projected to lose on November 7th, where he said, we got to do something here like they did in Serbia. And they were already, they were primed by Donald Trump to believe there was going to be fraud. And that, like everyone else, what we need is, to me, it's not collusion, it's not convergence, it's conspiracy. We need that evidence to make the conspiracy where Donald Trump or others in his circle could be charged with seditious conspiracy, like the Oath Keepers and Proud Boy leaders are right now. All we need is just conspiracy, showing meeting the minds and taking overt act in further of its that. That's all we need, folks. We have conspiracy. Gee, Dean, let me yeah. ask you a question. When he came out in the press briefing room and told me on September 23rd that he wouldn't accept a peaceful transfer of election, and he was already doubting the, the outcome of the election before the votes were even cast and saying that there would be repercussions, doesn't that show some evidence of conspiracy? This is very specific, though. It really has to be. I know, but I mean, it, it points you in the direction. I, I think what you're looking for is the tangible, I got it on paper. But I think my point is, I think everything that Donald Trump did from that moment, well, even before that moment, but from that moment on, was all about conspiring to not give up the presidency. I, I mean, that became but, an April. Word yeah, yeah. So but just as a legal, as a as a legal matter, I know one person to you can't conspire with yourself, even though he may be demented, narcissistic. 
he's only one person. So you need so, that other, you need not to have it. him. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, um, having charged these Proud Boys and Oath Keepers with seditious conspiracy, which means a very long prison sentence, some of them are going to start to think about whether maybe they'll try and cut a deal. Yep. And they may have evidence uh, beyond just saying it of communications uh, with people in the Trump orbit and possibly with Trump himself. That would be the real smoking gun that could lead to. Uh, a well, that's the end. If they've got that, that out the day, it's all over. Three, three Oath Keepers already have pled guilty to vicious conspiracy and they're cooperating per the DOJ press release from a few weeks yeah. ago. So you have three who have pled guilty and are promising to cooperate to get a lesser sentence, like Norm is saying. They can't fabricate things, but they're going to give up names. And if it's Rudy Giuliani, remember, Cassie Hutchinson said she heard Rudy mention Proud Boys and Oath Keepers when he was in the White House. Well, that doesn't make it a conspiracy, but what was he saying about them? Who was he talking to? And there we go. Mark All right, Meadows here we go. It's interesting the the difference in tone here. Um, you know, there's obviously not as much drama. I think it definitely uh, it's a very different feel when there aren't live witnesses. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the next hour. I'm not at all suggesting it, it. It's not effective. It's incredibly effective. But there's something more cerebral about this hearing. Um, and I think we can safely say dots are being connected. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this isn't important in the grand scheme of things, although it could potentially be in the future if this country doesn't get its act together. The fact that we're subjected to these grotesque, stupid, unworthy people, that these are the people who had access to the White House is just so shameful. I mean, that's Donald all over. You know, if, if, if no matter what kind of cretin you are, if you kiss his ass sufficiently, you are welcome. Mary, that was who he had in that White House every day. I Actually, I know. I was just going to yeah. say that one of the things that you put in the chat, Brian, was the, the list of people who had open access to the White House was just horrifying. Name yeah. Give us a you couple know, of names. Well, a couple of, I mean, who <laughs> name anyone. He brought an entire group of these fringe people in jenny thomas yeah and and paraded them in front of us jenny thomas was just the least of of the sinners uh the QAnon supporters who uh walked around and said that you know there was a drinking of blood in a in a basement you know uh trading museum of of children that, that was all of that all of those people name one name any of them and they all had access at some point in time but for me what was most discouraging was seeing like uh, Boris Faskian, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was, Epstein. yeah, and he was, he got upset because I noted that he was, you know, of Russian descent, and he goes, I didn't bring my Russian connections with me. Yeah, well, you okay, know, it, so it, I just want to take, just hang on one second, Norm, I just want, I want to sort of set the table here, um, that was just my first, I can't believe I have to listen to fucking Sidney Powell, who should be in a locked ward somewhere, but, you know, one, remember, yeah. And I know you all do, but I think we all need to keep in mind that, yes, very grateful these people are testifying. These aren't profiles encouraged. Where were they during the second impeachment when we could have avoided so much? Where were they before January 6th? But at the very least, where were they 
on January 6th. So we wouldn't have to be talking about, you know, the potential for Donald to run again in 2024. The other thing I'm not seeing enough, I'm not saying it won't happen, but I want this to be tied directly to the entire Republican party. It is not enough to get rid of Donald and his inner circle. The entire party needs to be indicted because yeah, sure. Um, wow. Hi. Hi. I brought a special guest star. Well, God damn it. Hi, Rosie. Hi, George. Hi, Mary. Hi, everybody. Hi, Rosie. So great to see you guys. I am just sort of Rosie, who did you bring with you? <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell, star of the Don't Flintstones. Rosie, Rosie, with her. I don't, I don't recognize you. Oh, my name is Kathy Lee Gifford. Yeah, Kathy Lee Gifford. I'm early morning television. It was on the tip of my tongue, right? Um, anyway, it's great to see you guys. We're just sort of, kind of setting the table. Oh, we have one more who wants to say hello. I'm just saying, it's hi. This was on our cat. I'm just saying hi. I'm visiting. Okay. Where are we all? Because this happens all the time. Um, Rosanna, you can actually come and join us. We love Rosanna Arquette. That would be awesome. She's nervous because she says she's too radical today. Uh, there's no such thing no here. No such thing. We, but I love you all. I love you, bro. We love you too. Um, no, there's no radical here. We're, we're talking about the, the future of American democracy. And I think this committee is doing a good job in, in helping us understand what happened and what the dangers continue to be. But we can't, this is not an isolated incident. It's continuing to happen. Um, Mitch McConnell on December 19th said, yeah, Joe Biden's president, but guess what? He will do anything in his power to, to reelect Donald Trump if Donald Trump is the nominee. And they have all just moved on from January 6th, and this committee is not going to let them do this. But um, I just want to go around and see what your thoughts are, uh, how effective you think this has been, um, and what else do you think needs to happen in order to drive home uh, that there are, so, you know, there a lot, hey, Kurt, a lot more work needs to be done to make sure that uh, the Republican Party, which is a party of fascists, uh, skates away from, from uh, responsibility. Uh, Norm, let's start with you. Yeah, so just following on what you said earlier, Mary, um, I have no use for Pat Cipollone or Bill Barr or Eric Hirschman or any of the rest of them. But we need to keep in mind that if Trump ever got reelected, they wouldn't be there. The Sidney Powells and Mike Lindells and others would be in charge of our intelligence, of our Justice Department, of all the other departments. This man cannot be allowed anywhere near any public office, and that has to be a top priority. A second uh, point is, and relating to the second thing that you said, if you look at the candidates who are emerging for the House, the Senate, for governorships, for secretaries of state, they are all of the Sidney Powell, uh, Mike Flynn uh, variety. We are seeing a party that is increasingly losing anybody who is a, uh, a Liz Cheney, wildly conservative, but at least some fealty to reality in the Constitution. And it's going to be the others who will dominate. And then the third point, I tweeted a couple of days ago that in five decades of being close to Congress, I've never seen a committee operate this effectively with this level of discipline and this efficiency. And to me, uh, we're going to see a live witness, at least one live witness who is one of the people who was in Washington because of Trump's 
tweets and comments, making this link even more direct. But yeah. the way they've orchestrated the video and made this into a story, a coherent story, you just don't see that in Congress. What a model also for the future. Yeah, I totally agree. Jen, I know you have a thought, but because uh, Rosie's here for the first time, um, I love, and, and Rosanna as well, uh, if she can stop being shy. Uh, be as radical as you want. Uh, Rosie, just, you know, what, what, what's your take um, in general, but, you know, specifically about what's happening? It's so well produced. That's yeah. the thing. You know, you're not yeah. used to seeing kind of real high production television <laughs> qualities in, in uh, congressional hearings. So I think bravo to whoever they got in to do that. And it's about time, you know. The Republicans have been hiring these Mark, Mark Burnett yeah. and all these people to create some razzle-dazzle. And I still blame him for the yeah. reason yep. Trump's success, that he created a lie and sold it to the American people. And he's walking yep. around scot-free. Like, nobody, you know, like, I don't understand why he hasn't sort of been ostracized by everyone for, for what he has done to us. Money, exactly right. Money. Yeah. But I think that these hearings are vital, although I don't know what is going to change the mind of those in the cult who are deeply enmeshed and have no kind of uh, rope to climb out. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I was at the Third Street Promenade the other day, and there was an anti-abortion uh, rally, and all these guys who look like Proud Boys with their masks that go all the way around their head, and you could only see their eyes, and it was terrifying. I felt like I was in pre-war Germany. And they were speaking about Jews and and all of us were standing like not knowing what to do. You know, so, of course, I started saying fuck you to anyone I could make <laughs> eye contact with because I didn't know what else to do, you know. And I was there with my 19 year old and my nine year old. And I wanted to say you use your voice when it's safe. You use your voice now because we're on the precipice of demand of democracy dying right before our eyes. And it's so horrible every damn day. Every day, exactly. Every damn day. It, boy, you know, there was one, I just have one comment from all of that testimony. I love Cassidy Hutchinson. Her tweet says it all. It was every day of the White House. The White House is unhinged. The West Wing is yeah. unhinged. Every day when I walked in there. But and we every, knew that. We, we yeah, who were paying attention and were honest about it, I'd say it knew that. That's what mattered. Because yeah. they have denied it for so long. Every day after the election, we would go in and ask, when are you going to admit that you lost? We, that we tweeted that out every day. Every day we got stonewalled. There were two people in that White House who would tell us the truth. Judd Deere and Cassidy Hutchinson, apparently. That's yeah. it. Uh, That's it. I don't know. We, I, don't, I kind of feel like we shouldn't be surprised at anything at this point. And we are in 1930s Germany. And to suggest otherwise is to bury our heads in the sand. And it's not hyperbole. It's not hyperbole. Uh, Rosanna, you want to jump in with anything? Yeah, one second. Oh, I just, I'll just say that how our our democracy is so fragile, and and to see this process, we needed to keep it sacred, and um, and that is the most important thing in life right now. And yeah, uh, and really, God bless America. That's it. And, and honestly, and, and, and I don't, it's all I can say just to watch this process. And I'm, I'm I, we're all in trauma from this. And uh, this is authoritarian rule stepping in from, you know, from, from the, the corrupt Supreme Court at this point. And we're going to have to do everything we can, which we are all doing to uh, hold on to our democracy. And 
I love this woman. <laughs> Mutual yeah. love this. And just Two like Roseanne's. just want to say really quickly that what um Rose said earlier was is so true that yeah, the, it's impeccable, but the production values mattered. There was criticism yes. before the hearing started about the fact that it was going to be produced. You know what? Get a clue. This is the age in which we live. This is what's going to get people to pay attention. It's going to get. It's what's going to get people to stay with it. If it if it looks good and it sounds good and it's engaging and there are hooks, so I'm all for that and I'm so grateful for it. Kurt, I know you have a point, but Jen, I wanted to get to you first. Thanks so much. So I think that the key thing I took away from this is the framing that Liz Cheney gave us. And it was so critical. She anticipated the way people might slant the evidence we're seeing. And you might remember this. she said, look, everyone's going to position this now that Donald was just ill served by the crazies. And I think it's so important not to say that he brought them there. He wanted them. He was looking for anything he could. They were in, he, you know, so I just think it's this idea that he is a child and I know he may have a childish mentality, but no, he's responsible for the choices he, he made. And he heard all the smart people in the room who defended him even when he was indefensible say, it's over. And then what does he do on the morning after the 18th? He goes out, he goes with the crazy theory, but it's on him. And so I don't know how to, do more than Liz Cheney did. But this also brings me back to what Norm said, which is, yeah, sure, he's going to be surrounded if he's reelected by the crazies, but the non-crazies were just as bad because he could have been out of there earlier. Yep. He could have been out of there with the first impeachment. And You know what? Ron DeSantis will be worse. And I just want to say really quickly uh, that, you know, Rosie and I know this as well as anybody, as awful as Donald is, as awful as the things he does are, he's not crazy. He knows right from wrong. He knows exactly what he's doing. And that is not an excuse to let him off the hook for anything. Uh, Kurt, go ahead. Yeah, just, you know, I think the, the the fact that they wanted to give Sidney Powell a security clearance. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> handing out security clearances like they're Don Jr.'s Coke dealer for crying out loud. Uh, you know, I, I've always felt like the security clearance abuse of the Trump administration, how Jared got one, given the fact that he was flagged by the people who do these clearances shouldn't get one. It, it was always ripe for investigation by Congress. I think that's something, you know, when you talk about the national security implications, the for-profit way in which everything Donald Trump and his universe operates in, uh, they are not beneath selling selling out America to, to, to make a buck, uh, which I think they've done time and time again. Two, the, the way that this hearing has happened, all of them is because of Kevin McCarthy's uh, withdrawing from the process. Normally, as we saw with the Supreme Court, uh, confirmation hearings. You have that back and forth five minute volley where Republicans usually can disrupt and distract and enter false narratives and accuse everybody of being a pedophile and all that nonsense. Well, because Kevin pulled out, that allowed to actually have for really the first time in modern congressional history, a dais of Democrats and Republicans who have uh, no daylight between them, who actually right. have the same goals, the same objectives, and they can operate as 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 one, and it's showing the effectiveness of how this is pulled off. That right. wouldn't happen with McCarthy and his crew up there, with the Jim Jordans and the Louis Gohmerts and all these disruptors we usually see. Huge tactical no, error, Kevin, and, but it was and, at far benefit. 
But also important to uh, point out, Donald supported that at the time, is now is deeply critical of it. Hi, Dahlia. Um, Kathy, I just want to jump over to you. What 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 uh, what stands out uh, to you today in today's I'm, hearing? I'm kind of shocked at how um, Pat Cipollone is still trying to skirt these answers, acting like he can't talk about the meeting December 19th, which remember, there was another really big Stop the Steal rally December 20th. And it was one of the ones where Trump like drove by on the beast and waved. But there were two rallies leading up to the sixth that got people way more ginned up. And the fact that those meetings were being Oh, sorry, I'm like, uh, my audio is being weird. But anyway, um, the the fact that he's still like trying to say like, oh, I can't really talk about this meeting is very upsetting to me. Um, but I put my fun fact in the chat, which is um, guess where he went to high school? And I'm just gonna say a hint. It's a school that's been causing me considerable troubles in the oh. federal court. Oh my God. Wow. Conservative Catholic group. Yep. Covington Catholic High School. Wow. Which has sued Kathy Griffin in federal and state court for tweets I sent out about the Nick Sandman incident on the National Mall. And so that's also a group very tied in with Mitch McConnell, which you guys know. All right, I'm going to hop off because Dahlia's here. <laughs> we can all leave now that Dahlia. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Dahlia, thank you so much for being here. As Norm uh, pointed out, we are not complete until you are here. So. I'm glad you, I know you're busy, but um, just, you know, trying to get everybody's sense of what really stood out so far today, because it is, it is um, tonally very different uh, from, from past hearings. I mean, this is the, the tough piece, right? This is the stochastic terror link. And this is where you really have to create a connection between all these folks who, you know, the White House says there's pl plausible deniability and all these folks who clearly had a plan. And I think that it's that totally depressing white supremacist misogynist montage that started with Alex Jones and kind of was a really good bracing piece of evidence that this wasn't just random people. This was top down and it was coordinated and dates were picked and, you know, permits were sought and received and dates were changed. And uh, I think that this is the part that's always been the toughest connective piece. And, uh, and you don't have a, a witness yet uh, saying it, but I think it's, it's both the most challenging to prove. And also I think the thing that if they fail to prove it uh, is really going to be a catastrophe. So. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, again, though, I, I'm sure they know that. Uh, so since they've been stellar thus far, uh, well, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm being too optimistic, but um, I, I kind of feel that with every new witness, with every um, new piece of evidence, tweet, email, letter, whatever, we're getting closer and closer to whatever the version of this is to willful blindness. What do you think? Yeah. So th I'm always glad that Dahlia, who's much smarter than me, says what I want to say because it affirms uh, my point, <laughs> which is stochastic terrorism, right? Specifically, yeah. for those of you who don't know, I tweeted it out. Uh, so you don't believe me, but trust Dahlia. It's the public demonization of a person or group resulting in the incitement 
to a violent act. Right. And specifically, you want to make that connection between the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers. And I think they did a really good job. Now, also, you know, if that's terrorism. And one of the greatest examples of terror is a violent mob overtaking the U.S. Capitol, which results in the death of five people and then results in the suicide and the deaths of more police officers. Right. Mm -hmm. The fact that you have them uh, on air literally admitting, oh, that's our president. He's telling us to, to get ready, stand back and stand by. If the DHS doesn't move on this, and I don't think it will because they're not black and brown and Muslim folks, but at the very least, if it creates the the narrative with the public that Donald Trump and his cadre of individuals incited violent groups who are now still armed and ready. The second point I think that I want to make is, and this is important, this is not past tense. This is an ongoing coup attempt. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we're witnessing right now, Norm made a really good point, is if not for just a handful of folks in these positions of power, right? If not for a handful of folks in the White House, in the Justice Department, we would have the Sidney Powells and the Jeffrey Clarks and the and then the Michael Flynn's and the Donald Trumps. All the sane folks, the, the as what uh, the Stepien said, the, the team normal, have been purged. They've been purged from MAGA. The RNC literally says that these violent insurrections were ordinary citizens engaging in a legitimate political protest. That's the RNC. So my fear is that, according to, I think, what Brian was saying, is how many of these people still believe it. Uh, a, a study poll came out that 75% of Republicans, 75% think that Donald Trump did nothing wrong, which I guess is nice because 25% think it was crazy. So I, that's I'll take my win there. How many there. of them are left? How many real yeah, Republicans are left? So my concern is that we're talking about it in the past tense. And what right. I always try to tell people is that this is an ongoing coup attempt. The normies yeah. have been purged. It doesn't matter if DeSantis or Abbott wins because they have to court those That's extremists. Right. And now that we've seen the last thing I'll say is about 108 Republicans who have won their primaries since May mm -hmm. all believe in the big lie. That's so right. when you mention fascism and when you mention 1930s Germany, another analogy is the brown shirts, which yep. is uh, uh, Hitler's militia, Patriot Front, Oath Keepers, people like Kyle Rittenhouse. They believe that they have the authority and the legitimacy to use violence to take yeah. back this country. And that's my fear that once this becomes mainstreamed again in 2024, and if Biden, whoever wins, these individuals will come out with weapons against the rest of us. And I think that's yeah. the connection that people still aren't making. That's I mean, right. Can you and imagine too, if there was Black Lives Matter messages and chat boards saying, we're gonna kill the police. They better be ready to die. We don't you have know, to imagine, we know. <laughs> I mean, right. well, hell, you can get killed if, if you're a black man in the United States by, uh, you know, being stopped for a, a ticket while you can kill people. Right. That's my point. We, right. yeah, it you is. know what happens when when black people are just, you know, walking the streets, doing nothing, barbecuing while black. Yes. So, yeah. So, Kurt, yes, you're absolutely. Blue lives matter. Right. I mean, you know, law and order, blue lives matter. Uh, do, you know, Democrats want to defund the police. These guys are literally caught talking about. They're going to come after the police protecting the Capitol. It's terrorism. I mean, really, it is it, terrorism. It is absolutely terrorism. As a member of the White House press corps, I just want to say it, this committee is such a breath of fresh air because I can't tell you for how long we sat in that press briefing room. We covered this president and every day got beat up by him. And every time we pushed back against him, we were threatened. Our lives were threatened. People had their press passes yanked just by the simple matter of doing your job. And, and so, you know what? Brian, Brian, that's a, I don't know what I just called you. Um, Brian, um, that is one of the serious problems we're facing. Adam, it's yeah. absolutely true. This is an ongoing coup. It's never stopped. Um, but 
or I should say, and yet many of the media who were threatened nonstop for five years have seemed to have forgotten just as yes. single Absolutely. Republican in Congress, Adam, uh, seems to be totally cool with the fact that they were almost murdered by a mob that Donald set on them. And it's like they've totally erased that history, which is going to make it that much harder for us as a country to move forward. Uh, right. So do you see any evidence that this, these hearings, um, well, help Mary, the you mentioned where were these people during the impeachment? And I'm thinking about what just happened over in the UK. And you have a bunch of conservative people who actually had a spine and stood up and said, no, thank you to the fuckery. And I, you know, fingers crossed, maybe set an example and showed a light at the end of the tunnel for these freaks, because we have a problem on the Republican side here in the States with weakness. Kevin McCarthy is one of the weakest people in the country. Right. Uh, Lady Lindsey Graham is another one. Um, yeah. you know, spineless. And this is all about fear. Uh, Liz Cheney's not my favorite person in the world, but at the same time, she sacrificed her per her career and her personal safety to stand up for this okay. thing. Yeah. She voted with Donald, like something like over 90% of the time on stuff like that, but she sacrificed her, her personal safety and her career to stand up to the fuckery. And, um, um you know, it's a weakness problem. And, okay, the uh, committee's back, George. The committee's back. Uh, okay, when good. we when we come back, I want to pick up there um, because I think the Republican Party is very different from the conservative in in Britain. Let's and I also want to hear from Adam and Ali when we come back. Have you ever had an acne breakout come at the worst possible time? Uh, it seems that this this happens mostly to teenagers, but it could actually happen to anybody, you know, before a big meeting, before uh, a wedding you're going to. Um, we've all had struggles with our skin, and that's why I'm really excited to partner with Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. And at Apostrophe, an expert dermatology team will create a personalized treatment plan that's perfectly tailored to your unique skin. All you have to do is fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history, snap a few selfies, and then a board-certified dermatologist will create your initial customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne, even chest, back, everywhere else. They treat breakouts from head to toe. Skincare is so important to one's confidence and to feeling your best. And with apostrophe, you can even treat dark spots and improve skin texture. So you'll feel your best and truly be able and ready to take on the world. We have a special deal for our audience uh, today. Save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash Mary when you use my code Mary. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash Mary and click begin visit and use my code Mary at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E.com slash Mary and use the code Mary to get your first dermatologist crafted treatment plan 
for $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. Oh, oh boy. Um, all right. That's a lot. Yeah. To take in. Um, I don't, I don't quite know where to start. So I think, uh, no, Jen, stay. Um, I, I have so many thoughts and it's, it's hard to organize them because some of them seem trivial. I know they're not trivial, but in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, why is Rudolph Giuliani not indicted and why does he, I know his license is suspended by why, why hasn't he been disbarred? Why hasn't Michael Flynn been called back to active duty and then court-martialed? Why are taxpayers still paying his benefits? And why are we still paying for Secret Service for Donald and his fucking children? You know, I know that's not the most important thing. But again, it's part of that. Like, we, the, the fact that we were not just subjected to these people, but they had real power. Um, the only... Uh, I'm going to leave it to you guys to talk about the more substantive stuff. I just have one... One thing that worries me, and I, I, I don't, I don't know that anybody could admire Congressman Raskin more than I do. I mean, you can admire him as much as I do, probably not more. Is when he said that Donald is leading this party down the road. No, no, he's not leading them anymore. They're there already. They don't need him anymore. Ron DeSantis will fill that uh, role better than Donald. Uh, so that's my only uh, slight um, yeah. we see it around criticism. We state legislatures in places every day. So, yeah. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, how y'all doing? Uh, hey, I feel like, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I, I feel like I have just run a marathon um, while somebody was jumping on my head the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so exactly. We, uh, somebody mentioned this early as well. At least 108 people ran on the big lie January 6th was great platform and got the nomination. So, um, so let's see. Uh, does anybody have anything um, they, that's really, that really stuck out and, and seems um, like a really burning issue that in, okay, Jen. <laughs> what wait, wait what the fuck donald called one of the witnesses yeah that's my issue too okay, yeah. got it Ooh, i want to know what what they turn over to the justice department i can't wait to see where that leads more importantly than anything else that was said today that little aside at the end was very interesting as far as the prosecution of donald trump john eastman and uh, the other assorted minions go but Today, I, Norm, it's something that you said. I, I remember we kind of get this again gave me PTSD going back to the day of the insurrection and standing there and, and listening to these people and then seeing the one guy here today. The thing that stood out more to me than anything else was seeing, you know, a, a typical Trumper show up and go, you know, if, if he had just tweeted out, go home at one thirty, we we wouldn't yeah, be doing right. this. I mean, that's and he knew me. that. And he knew that, Brian. He knew he knew. Yeah. Well aware of the power he uh, wielded, uh, damn straight, and th without a doubt, it's it's. I mean, everything was said today. I think they tied up a lot of loose ends and showed a, exactly how the roadmap leads to Donald Trump. And you can say, well, you know, you don't have a smoking gun, but everything's a smoking gun in this 
it, I mean, all Everything. of it cumulatively added together is the smoking gun that you need to show that Donald Trump uh, led this insurrection, was happy about it, took it to its full extent. And as Jamie Raskin said, was the epitome and the, the you know, the highlight of his power. That mob there was the highlight and pinnacle of Donald Trump's power trying to retain control of a presidency he legitimately lost. He could never accept right. it. He would never admit that he lost. He fought tooth and nail until the very end, until everyone abandoned him. He's and still he's fighting. He's still trying to fight. Yeah, he's still fighting. Okay, so uh, Cliff and then Adam and then Waj, but I just want to make two really quick points. Um, yes, I, I've said this many times. I'm sure you all agree and have also said it. When that was happening at the Capitol, Donald was ecstatic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is probably one of the few times in his life he's been genuinely happy. Uh, we learned at the last hearing, and it seems like there's not going to be a hearing on Thursday, that it's going to be next week, um, that there was witness tampering, but through intermediaries. The fact that Donald allegedly reached out to somebody directly shows me two things. One, he's fucking terrified hallelujah and two he is misjudging how much influence he still has with people so that's Especially just with the doj right um okay cliff go ahead um i mean you talked about this stuff with with donald uh with i always say trump but i'll say donald to you um, <laughs> Please, it's donald he whatever. Hates it. i mean ob look obviously they, they they've made those connections and and taken this further about how he incited them. So I won't go into that. What, what really, I guess, terrifies me and upsets me and sort of makes me worry for the future. And, and, and you could see that today is how susceptible people are, regular people to this kind of thing. And the two folks that were sitting there, obviously, it's, it's like they look like they had you know, come out of a coma now. And they're sort of like, oh, we're, well, we're no longer completely brainwashed. One guy's thought, well, maybe kind of the election wasn't perfect. But I'll just say, you know, as someone who is a writer and, you know, as an author and whatever, and obviously is a huge believer in the First Amendment, we're going to have to grapple with this. And I don't know, you know, what the answer is, but, you know, the, 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 the virus that was contained in Germany and places like that, it's airborne now. People are, are recruiting, you know, sorry, I stole that from the movie, The Sum of All Fears, by the way, just so you know. Um, I thought I'd heard that before. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, and it's true. It's like the Nazi guy in Germany says, where we failed under Hitler, we can now be correct because with TV, cable, internet, and that was 20 years ago. Think of where we are now with social media. We're going to have to figure this out because I don't want to sound like a, you know, whatever, but there are a lot of people out there, some of them who are well-educated, but a lot of people who aren't well-educated, who are very easily manipulated by these people. And, and as Mary brought up, you got DeSantis next and a million others in line if Donald's gone who are willing to do the same thing. And, you know, this needs to worry all of us because, yeah. again, they can they don't need to assemble their foot soldiers, you know, in some sort of on some battlefield. They can do it via social media um, and convince enough people to overthrow our democracy. And it may not even the last thing I'll say is it doesn't even have to be them. It can be Vladimir Putin or yeah. Erdogan. Right. or whoever else we're going to have bond. we're going to have to figure this shit out we really are yeah and i just to that end exactly, um what friend. what I, I this might be a conversation for another time but what what um one thing we need to get our he heads around and deal with is the fact that it's so much easier to manipulate people uh to to go to the dark side um 
just watch your Star Star Wars. Um, Adam. Uh, I'm shocked that Ivanka is a liar. Um, I am so shocked. Why oh is she not in handcuffs or perjury? I would love to know if Trump was watching and asked if he's not an impressionable child, then why is he wearing diapers? <laughs> and I think the third thing is I think that like this was less shocking than the last one, but it was more for all of us and everyone out there that has felt sort of crazy over the last year. It's sort of it's nice to see the story come together. And I think the way that they cut up the video clips um, was super helpful because they just sort of, you know, fed off of each other and it painted the picture that we've all sort of been wondering about. Yeah. I mean, it was almost a, not a relief necessarily, but it was almost nice to take a bit of a step back and have something that was a little bit more cut and dried, not so dramatic. And again, don't get me wrong. It was still mind blowing and horrible and still effective, but um you know, it was a little different from watching certainly people like um, Lady Ruby and uh, Shay testifying in person. Um, but uh, again, still incredibly well, the, effective. The shock troops to Trump. That was the importance of today. The shock troops that were there on the ground were linked to Donald Trump. And I don't yeah. think that there's any way that he can back away from that now. Right. I mean, I, you know, not the only important thing, but definitely incredibly effective. Uh, Waj? Yeah, just uh, going off what Brian said, uh, there was so much happening, but there's four things that I wrote down that were very shocking to me. First and foremost, I think it's very important that you have to give props to the January 6th hearing for doing an excellent job. Tight, two hours, excellent narrative. Even though there weren't that many live witnesses, I think what they had it was today, actually so, two yeah. hours and forty-five minutes. Yeah, it was well, yeah. It went by fast and and, and, yeah. and gripping. It's good for television, which is all that matters. It's the ratings, right? As our democracy is under assault. So excellent job by them and Jamie Raskin, uh, his speechwriter or his words or if you wrote that speech, just give that give that to Biden uh, and let Biden say all that stuff. Um, he did an excellent yes. job. When it yeah. comes to again, our, our when we talked previously about stochastic terrorism, right? How these individuals are motivated to, to commit terror. And there's a tangential link to both social media and tweets. We saw that today. I think that was very powerful. What, what really uh, worries me is um, the rise of militia groups. And I'm glad America got a taste to see how violent Oath Keepers are. Yes. Specifically, um, the ex-spokesman, who's a journalist who became their spokesman, a journalist, uh, literally said, I don't want to mince words. This is a violent militia, militia that was seeking an armed revolution. Now, this is the important point I want to make. There are sitting members in Congress right now, Republicans, who are open members of the Oath Keepers, including Arizona's Mark Fincham, who Donald Trump has tapped to be Secretary of State, who is an open member of the Oath Keepers and said that he believes in the big lie. So this violent militia has active Republican elected officials as members. That's number one thing that I want people to kind of understand where we are right now. Another thing is that text between Brad Parscale and uh, Katrina Pearson, where Parscale, totally. uh, I mean, that was stunning. I, I, several people have tweeted that ex entire exchange. He holds Trump responsible. The rhetoric, he said, got people killed. And what really bothers me is that these people, more and more we realize that there are no heroes in the GOP, right? These people knew what was happening and they kept quiet. Cipollone, even Hutchison, they kept quiet. Bar Brad Parscale still making money off it. The December 21st hearing at the White House with multiple GOP members, including the, the, the seditious, you know, what do you call them, the traitor tots, the Gosars and the Biggs and the Marjorie Taylor Greene. And uh, I think there was uh, Gates and Jim Jordan. They were in on the plot uh, when it came to the coup December 21st. All of them were named. 
and the fact that we know that at least seven of them proactively sought pardons. If I were them, I want to know more about how these individuals participate in the coup. Um, the other thing I would say is the uh, social media. And Cliff was talking about this. I think this is, was a damning indictment of Twitter and Facebook, how they were alerted by their own employees that their forums were being used to promote hate and incite violence. And they did how they that. said nothing, how only after Trump lost, that's when they deplatformed him how right-wing media is using specifically these social media platforms to brainwash and radicalize individuals. And fast forward, they still haven't done enough. I think this was an indictment of Twitter and Facebook in particular and how they were utterly complicit in the damage to our democracy and the violent insurrection. And I think, I hope some people pick up that thread moving forward. Well, I don't think you, they've done enough. I don't think they've done they, enough. You've got to take, the only way to make a point on that somebody should write a book i did but you should take the money out of it you got to take the money out that's the reason why social media stuck with it journalism cannot be married to to this to to making money it can't be married to capitalism well i mean if you, you know have. you want to call twitter and facebook journalism well, they, they, they is, just need they need to be regulated it's they need to be regulated yeah. absolutely media and I, i'm hoping that 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 is a roadmap for congress to do something about it uh norm you're next so uh, first, uh, knowing Jamie well, those were his words. He doesn't absolutely. Have you know Jamie well. Um, he doesn't need a speechwriter. Yeah, but let's give props to Stephanie Murphy. That was an amazing emotional moment. Um, we were uh, talking privately. You could not be in tears about the country uh, just hearing that. Um, the the next point, uh, you know, we've known that uh, hoping that there would be these deaths where the Insurrection Act could be invoked. And we had a more direct expression of that here. Trump had a variety of plans and going to the Capitol himself. Um, but, you know, wanting to see Pence killed and members killed, I think, and I'm hoping that Stuart Rhodes or others are gonna end up turning a little bit. Somewhere there were conversations with Trump about the Insurrection Act and how it would be invoked. And that takes me to another point that I, the committee has not done anything publicly about, one, why the Capitol Police disbanded its intelligence unit weeks before uh, January 6th. Two, how these rioters were able to go directly to the unmarked offices in the Capitol of leaders and others. Three, the role of the Defense Department, Cash Patel and the others and Chris Miller, you know, there's something yep. else we learned this week um, that was pretty shocking, that military bases all across the world play Fox News 24-7. And yep. I want somebody to ask Lloyd Austin, Brian, get your mm -hmm. journalism friends who are covering the Pentagon. Whenever uh, uh, I can General, answer that. Uh, Austin comes up, I want to know, one, what he knows about uh, what happened at the Defense Department. Two, why Charles Flynn is still uh, a key figure in the Defense Department. Three, why, as we've said many times, Michael Flynn has not been recalled to duty. There's a lot going on there in the Defense Department that this is the Biden-controlled Defense Department. And yeah. where are they with uh, all of this Good stuff? Point. I, yeah, I know one thing. Norm, I know that they have Fox has been the the default network since yeah. si, since George W. Bush. 
that's when it became the default network for, for everyone in, in armed services across the world. And they did it, and they haven't changed it back. Right. And, Every goddamn secretary of defense, secretary of the army, and so on can change that overnight. Yeah, it's why they're not doing it. And because we know that if you invoke the Insurrection Act, we got a large share of the military that's going to go along with it and do it yep. eagerly. It's not just the brown shirts. Yeah, yeah, it's like Glenn. And yep. plenty of the police, and you know, just Excellent a point. Uh, a final uh, final point. Uh, uh, actually, two maybe the teasers that keep people interested to let them know they've got a whole lot more. Those are really important. I yep. just wish that witness who we do not know who got the call from Trump had taken the call and recorded it. Because if you just know that he made a call to a witness, you don't have the goods to be able to charge him with witness tampering. Do we know if they we did it? He might, there might be a record. Call. There yeah. might be. You know, if we had the same thing as we had with Brad Raffensperger, having Trump say, I just need to find 11,970 votes, then... Um, you know, he could be charged immediately with witness tampering. But Norm, do we know that there is not a recording? Um, he said he didn't, uh, or uh, Liz said that the witness did not take the call, but called uh, his or her lawyer. Oh, interesting. Okay. There's Trump yeah. calling you now. <laughs> Press record. Telling us all please. the way off. Um, you know, I think I... I think the uh, the fact that yes, Fox News that that's so obscene and unpatriotic that um, and that's a large part of the reason why a significant number of the people at, at the January sixth insurrection were military, active, and former military. Conversation for another time, though. Um, although, again, all of a piece. Dahlia, go ahead. Um, just a couple quick things. One is just to sort of uh, dovetail with what Wash said about how well this is constructed for television. Yeah. The other way that this is just the circles of this are constructed so brilliantly is that it literally is a circle closing around Donald Trump. And to go from like the Capitol Police to the lawyers to the you know Republican state officials, election workers, and suddenly we are, you know, around his neck, you know, people around him testifying to what he did, what he said. Uh, it has just been such a, like the architecture of this has been extraordinary. And you actually like viscerally feel it closing around him in a way that I think like should just be credited to whatever genius um, is choreographing mm -hmm. this. Yeah. The other thing I'm just really um, sitting with today is, you know, and we're sort of talking about it in the, the chat amongst us, is just the limits of the First Amendment and the problem we have with incitement law, which is, you know, sealed in amber from 100 years ago and requires things like face to face threats and imminent violence. And it, none of it translates into the online age. And part of the problem we're having, it's why we keep talking about stochastic terror, which is, by the way, not a crime, but the idea of whipping up, you know, sort of random people there to commit violence is not really something that we have kind of covered well with our existing legal system. And one of the things that I'm really struck by listening to today's testimony is how much it dovetails with the Charlottesville civil rights trial against the white supremacists who, who marched there. And the most interesting testimony from that trial, which I think 
to this day is one of the most sort of underrated trials. Like we should all be studying it as a casebook of radicalization and white supremacy was the testimony of this guy, Pete Simi, who is an associate professor uh, of sociology at Chapman, who testified and actually submitted a 63 page report about how white supremacists talk to one another and how they use social media to kind of walk on that seam between direct incitement to violence and then all the winking, nodding, comic yeah. hilarity that they use in order to insulate themselves from liability. So folks should read that report because it think profoundly influencing to the Charlottesville jury as it is to sort of my way of thinking about the tricks that you see here. And one of the things that he said over and over again at trial <laughs> is that you're not going to see them say the stuff that you say when you are the sort of like in the Star Wars bar scene of white supremacists. But what <laughs> they are doing every single, that's um, Oren Siegel from the ADL. That was his line. I think that what you are seeing is a language that both immunizes them and also normalizes violence, normalizes constant, constant violence. That's the theme that we really saw today. The very last thing I want to say, because a bunch of us say this at every time we do one of these sessions, this is a dry run. It's going to happen again. It's yep. not going to be with clowns. And I love, I think it's so important that that was in the mouth of Jason Van Tatenhove today, that the person who warned us, this is coming again, it's coming for his kids and his grandchildren, is the guy who was an Oath Keeper. Because nobody believes it when Norm says it and when I say it. But when a guy who's an Oath Keeper says this was a dry run for doing it with white shoe lawyers using the Moore case in North Carolina, when that guy says it, I think people can hear it. Yeah, absolutely. That was incredibly powerful. It was also he was seemed extremely intelligent. Um, which I have to admit is also unnerving because I'd like to think that, um, you know, all of our budding fascists are idiots, but they're not, <laughs> you know, the other guy went to Only Yale the ones Law School. In Congress. Sorry? Only the ones in Congress. Right. Well, exactly. There you go. Um, Charlotte, uh, what, what is your biggest takeaway from today? Cause there were so many, um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm still having trouble processing. That's what you're all here for, to help me process. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> I, I, I do think that we should talk about the military's role in this a little more. Norm brought up a good point, and I think it deserves a lot more nuance between all of us and talking about the military's role in a possible coup. Um, but I, I, I'm going to sound a broken, like a broken record with this, and I've said this every single day that we've we've done these talks about the hearing. It doesn't matter what happens in the hearing. It matters how Americans perceive it. Mm -hmm. And I really worry that even with this incredible testimony that's being given, that we still have not hit the tipping point for the American public rallying uh, to make sure that this never happens again. I just don't see it yet. Uh, we have to have more interest from the voting public. And, and, and I just I'm not convinced we're there yet. So can I ask you, so what, what would that look like? Like, how would we know people being pissed? Yeah, uh, and, and then responding, and then the media having to cover it far more than it is already. Uh, you know, we, we I, I mean, I'm still seeing uh, these absurd uh, claims that you know, Americans care more about gas prices than the January 6th hearing. And the thing is, that might be true for a lot, part, a lot of parts of the country. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the more conservative parts. I'm talking about areas of the country that, that might go either way. 
but we're not seeing the outrage that we need to see for this to be effective in the midterms. And I'm worried about that. I, I hate to be a wet blanket. I, I, I think that this, this needs to happen. These hearings are good. This right. is this is very good that this is happening, but I'm not optimistic that it's going to be an, an, enorm, an enormous factor in November. But I think that um, that's, that's almost entirely, well, let's never forget that with two exceptions, it's the entirety of the Republican Party pretending that this is doesn't matter. It's a hoax. It's a whatever the fuck language they steal from Donald. But it's also an indictment of the media. If the media continues to suggest that the only things that matter right now are gas prices and inflation, then they're the ones who are preventing uh, people who do not have the luxury or misfortune of having to pay this much attention. Um, of understanding, like how how are people going to understand what all of this means? Most people cannot watch a hearing at one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, most people don't have three friggin' hours to, even if they have time in the middle of the day, they probably don't have three hours. Um, so if the media don't do the job of highlighting all of this, because let's face it, if do you think if most people knew, I'm going to throw this to you, George, if most people knew, plus of course, whatever you want to say, what the content of these hearings were, and if it were put in its proper context, don't you think a lot of people would, would start to rethink um, their approach to the big lie in January 6th and Donald and the Republican Party as a whole? I would like to think so. Um, I am not by nature, by the way, I, 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 have, I didn't grow up in a particularly political house. We didn't talk about politics at the dinner table. I didn't start to freak out and pay attention until 2000. Right. Even through college. I mean, I like, you know, the, the Winsky thing was happening after that. And then, you know, I was peripherally tuned in. But like then the 2000 election happened and I was just, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, so, you know, now we have so many more distractions and so many more shiny objects for, you know, the, the voting public to, you know, they're, they're busy on their TikTok and their Instagramming and Snapchatting. Like it's, this is not as fun. All right. And until it comes and knocks on your front door, um, people aren't going to give a shit. You know, Charlotte, has made a really smart point and I'm, I'm in concurrence uh, to a degree. Yes. These hearings do matter. And I, the non-political guy who is just like a clown who likes to make people laugh on occasion, but I'm watching this and I am in horror. I am in horror and incensed by what I'm hearing. Um, what I'm seeing are like, like, Yes, there is a lot of cynicism about politics and political characters in our system. That's not a new thing. But, like, holy shit, the, the clown car of characters that got such access to this guy, this desperate, like, uh, this desperate clinging to relevance. Like, these people will put all of their principles on the shelf or blow them off to cling to relevance no matter what the cost People die, so what? We're still going to be relevant. 
You know, like um, my friend Scott Galloway used to make this joke about Elon Musk. Elon gets really anxious when he's not in the news cycle every 48 hours. So he has to pull a stunt or tweet something to make the conversation more about him. And Donald did similar shit. It drives Donald nuts if no one's talking about him. That is like, that's the worst thing that could ever happen to him. Um, and now you've got these people who are like bending over to ridiculous degrees kissing the ring and everything else on them that they're they can bear themselves to get near to cling to relevance it's really and it's it's sort of circling back to that thing about um that i mentioned at the break about how our um the conservative counterparts in the uk grew spines and said no to the fuckery is it going to happen here probably not you know weak these these people your, your kevin mccarthy's your mitch mcconnell's all of these people are desperate they are nobody without their relevance and they will do whatever they can to hold on to it no matter what the cost yeah i mean first of all i just want to say that um i know george that you weren't born in new york but you are a true new yorker yeah it's horror that way nobody will ever question your status as a real new yorker Anyway, um, <laughs> couple of points. By the way, horror. by the way, Mary, like even from growing up in Cleveland, we used to laugh at Donald from Cleveland. Well, in the eighties, when he was kind of like emerging, and what's his name wrote Art of the Deal. But it, he yeah. has a New York. It's horror, forest, so, orange. Yeah. Anyway, that aside, <laughs> um, points on, on this. Sure. Um, one is the best case scenario for us is that more and more of the Republican elites join Asa Hutchinson and National Review in trying to get distance from Trump, and a good part of the base stays with him, and they have their own internal civil war leading towards 2024. We can only hope that that's a reality. Uh, You know, a, a second point is, it's not just about when people get excited about what happened on January 6th. It's getting them alarmed about what's going to happen in Jan- on January 6th, 2025. And the best way for that to happen is for the Justice Department to start to indict people in the Trump orbit moving towards Trump. It's not going to get there by indicting uh, Oath Keepers and Proud Boys on seditious conspiracy. That doesn't penetrate uh, for people who don't pay a lot of attention to this. Uh, but if you indict... Uh, somebody at a higher up level, it'll make a difference. And if I were the Justice Department, by the way, I'd go to Mo Brooks right now, who was stabbed in the chest by Trump after everything that he did, who was present in that meeting with Trump and all those other members of Congress and get direct testimony about what was covered in that meeting. And wearing a bulletproof vest at the interview, He seemed pissed, too. I don't know if you've seen a newspaper interview. He was saying how Trump had no loyalty, which I laughed at. I'm like, wow. He just found in his brochure. Um, So, I mean, that actually, he's somebody who seemed angry enough that maybe. But that's not, but according to the New York Times, our Justice Department goes from the bottom up and they don't, they follow crime they prosecute crime not people so they're just waiting they're just waiting until someone says they spoke with trump or spoke with mo brooks they're not gonna you know trump donald trump who's that guy is he involved i don't know that's what they're doing i appreciate what norm brought up about you know i need a fancy person with a known name to do a perp walk 
not just one. I need a few, yeah. not yeah, these no namers that we don't, we don't know or give a shit about them. I and mean, we do give yeah. a shit because they cause damage, but like, I need, I need a name. I need names. And by names, I mean like names. All we the know. media will have to cover that too. But, I mean, thank that you. I need a, and I want a perp walk. Of I course. want several. But it, it ha- right. Exactly. It has to be several. And, and George alluded to this in terms of how far back we go. Norm has been talking and other people have been talking about the future of this. And first of all, I just think, as a quick aside, we need to um, we need to do our own version of these hearings on TikTok, and maybe that'll I don't know move the needle a little bit. But Adam and Ali, uh, you pick whichever one of you wants to jump in first. <laughs> um, yes, we're going to practice our TikTok. Actually, Ali can help us with that because she's Gen Z. Um, just barely. This just barely, but close, close enough. Um, this did start. I think it started decades ago, but the first, you know, the most egregious example of a Supreme Court willing to steal an election was 2000. And this is absolutely what they're planning for the future. I don't think we have until January 6, 2025. I think we have until November 2022 because of voter suppression and voter subversion. And, you know, Adam and Ellie, you, you, you guys and I talk about this all the time. Um, we need to, we need people to be held accountable, not just Donald, not just people in his inner circle, but the Mo Brooks and the, the Bigs and the Greens, et cetera, to help people understand that this is the whole party, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just thinking back to, um, I think, yeah, it was Cheney who said it in the beginning, how he's um, a 76-year-old man, not an impressionable child. And it's like, there's so many, yeah, no, he is both, but it's like, you could say the same thing for Mitch McConnell and for Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and all those same people, because they all knew better. They didn't say anything. They still haven't really. And you can see that a lot of the party is kind of starting to move away from him and not talk about him. You saw it in Virginia with Glenn Youngkin and I've seen it with Ron DeSantis and they're just trying to mention him less and less slowly. And I just think we can't allow them to get away with that. Um, the time to speak up is not even now. It was in November of 2020. Um, that was when people would have listened. And if everyone had come out like uniformly and said, this is ridiculous, this is ludicrous, you wouldn't see these people who were just ordinary family men getting arrested because they would have known right then, you know, all these people are saying the same thing. I better listen up. And I feel like because they didn't, and I remember just kind of like screaming to myself at the time being like, why aren't they saying anything? And I felt that way for so much of his presidency, just why aren't they saying anything? And at the time, it's like, that that's why these people listen, because they thought there was something to it. They thought these these senators, these Congress people, these governors, they know something that we don't, and they agree. So I feel like that was so frustrating. And I just want to hold these people to the gun and just make sure that they don't get away with this. And they get questioned by it every time they go on the air, every okay. time they're on a TV hit, because we can't let them just silently walk away and continue to hold public office. And that's true. Adam, that is absolutely Right. Donald didn't get away with a big lie because he's so powerful. He got away with it because he was enabled by people like Mitch McConnell. Uh, he didn't get away with January 6th to the extent that he has so far because um, he's a, a strategic genius. He got away with it because people like Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy completely changed their tune about yeah. what happened on that day. Yeah, and I think I think probably everyone on here has been saying for years that Trumpism is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. We wish it was Merry Trumpism. It's not. 
Um, it, we, you know, if you look at the Sunday shows, you had Youngkin, who basically, you know, is is Donald Trump in a vest in Virginia and doing all the same stuff, just doesn't want to talk about him, but will gladly, you know, take the rein. Um, he's already been up in New York, you know, fundraising and talking about 2024. Can't even run for re-election. So um, it, it's it's all been said, but I, it, it's not going anywhere. It's just, you know, the question is, that I think there's going to be a, a, a fight to take over uh, that whole crap. Yes, indeed. Um, and that, again, is why I think, I mean, these, as Charlotte said, these these hearings are important in and of themselves, regardless of what impact they have, this is for this is for history. But in order for them to be for the preservation of American democracy, such as it is, um, we need to have the Democratic Party amplifying what's going on and taking their cue, and the American media to stop this bullshit that you know both sides and the economy is the only thing that matters um so you know somebody asked me recently about you know there's this there's this nonsense about you know things will be if donald is if the doj does go after donald legitimately it would be terrible there will be blood in the streets blah 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 and you know what about if if he isn't indicted and like it's going to be terrible either way but if he's not indicted that hastens the end of american democracy if he is indicted will it be will there potentially be violence because you know the other side has 390 million guns possibly because they've been emboldened and radicalized but that is our only chance of saving american democracy uh, so Norm, what are your thoughts about that? And then, you know, we should wrap up because I've had you here for, it seems like seven years. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate your time, but you know, today was so important and, um, I, I'm just curious to what your final thoughts are starting with Norm. I have to say I was fuming when Chuck Todd, um, uh, not surprisingly, um, you know, said, well, it would damage the country if he were charged or indicted. And uh, we all agree. Uh, the worst possible case is that he got, gets away with this unscathed because it means that not just Trump, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Josh Hawley, uh, Ted Cruz, Tom Cotton, Christy Nome, whoever gets the nomination, if that person becomes president, God help us, the worst will be yet to come. Absolutely. So he has to be charged. And I do think these hearings have to provide some sort of nudge to the uh, Justice Department to move in a slightly different way or at least more quickly. We've already seen that with all these stories that they were shaken by Cassidy Hutchinson, although it is a pretty shocking uh, indictment of the Justice Department that they were shocked <laughs> by this. Um, yeah. But these hearings have to move in that direction and we have to get, as George said, a prominent figure taking that perp walk. We have to get somebody who will cause that shock level and get Donald to overreact yet again and possibly indict himself uh, further uh, along the way. And it has to happen soon. It has to happen soon. Yeah, totally agree. Waj? 
Yeah, what I'll say is it's important for posterity that this happens. It's important for enough people to care about the rule of law. And I think people are paying attention. But as Norm said, you need the DOJ to finally strike. I think in Fulton County, like we said, follow that. We've talked about this before. And finally, you're seeing Fannie Wilson move on that because I think they have Trump dead to rights on the phone call tape with Brad Raffensperger about find the votes. And Lindsey Graham is also saying he's going to defy, but he's also going to get stuck. And I think more and more people are going to turn on Trump. Uh, what I also think, and I hate saying this, because, I mean, got to be political about it. But now the fact that there's an opening, I think the person who was really happy today was Ron DeSantis. And I expect DeSantis versus yeah. Trump versus Youngkin, let them eat each other alive, hopefully depresses a little bit of the oh, base. Absolutely. The narrative that needs to be created as a result of these hearings is this consistent narrative where Democrats openly use the word authoritarian, extremist, and dangerous to freedom and democracy. And fascism. You, yeah, you have to say that the entire GOP, the entire Republican Party, wants to take away your freedom, starting from Trump in January 6th. Look what happened with Thank abortion you. rights. Yes. And you, you continue with that narrative. And what you've seen in the past three weeks, even the last two weeks of Roe v. Wade, this shift where a lot of moderate suburban uh, women, independents are like, whoa, this is too much. You have to go in and create this narrative, just like they created this bullshit narrative against Clinton in 2016 that she was corrupt, completely manufactured. But when it came down to down to elections, it motivated enough people to say, eh, both sides are corrupt. If you continue with this thread that the GOP is an extremist, authoritarian, fascist movement that is against our freedom, anchor it with abortion rights and anchor it with uh, the January 6th violent uh, insurrection with more and more data coming out, play that narrative out for the next two years Democrats will have a chance. I think they'll have a chance to take the Senate. I think they'll let's see what the House um, in 2024. Let's see. But you need pressure. And I'll, and I'll end on this point is that oftentimes when we were pressuring the Biden administration, once uh, the Supreme Court, this rogue Supreme Court came out against Roe, we said, why didn't you have more? You had this like 40 years. You had a head start. Literally, you had a month's head start. You knew what was coming down the pipeline. It was the pressure of a lot of Democrats and progressives that finally has allowed the Democrats in the past two weeks to come out and say stuff. In the meantime, we get hit with, you're a third party rogue, you want the GOP to win, you're against Biden. And I'm like, no, the, the politicians move only to pressure. That's it. So it's your job for those who are listening to use your pressure at a local level to make these Democrats move this country in the direction where it needs to go. Because it's not just about getting enough Democrats. We don't need another mansion. We don't need another exactly. cinema. You need the Democrats willing to commit to the systemic change to protect us from this happening again. And the case that we talked about, and thank you to Jen and Dahlia, who reviewed this essay that came out today. So they like it. So it's good. Moore v. Harper. That's the case I wrote about in the Daily Beast that came out today. Moore v. Harper. Keep an eye on that case. That's the case where the right wing rogues in the Supreme Court could literally put a capstone on the coup and say that the state legislatures can do what they want. And if 2024 happens and that case goes against us, that means that even if Democrats win the 2024 election, the state legislatures can implement the Eastman coup and give it to Republicans. Right. Which is just is yet another reason 2022 is so incredibly mind blowingly important. Uh, Cliff. Oops. Sorry. sorry. Um, are we doing our sort of final uh, round? Yes, we are. Um, I'm just going to go the way, you know, I went before. I mean, I, I again, I think the the kind of the modern age and how we, we handle social media going forward is going to be hugely important. Stepping up and regulating. Wow. Actually, maybe sort of thinking about how monopolies aren't a good thing, especially in media is really important. 
I, I, you know, I thought I, I gave that like some of all fears quote before. Um, but I was thinking of giving the other real one too, that kind of, I thought of, you know, when we saw this, which this what came from a, a worse character, not a movie character, a guy named Herman Goring. You've probably all heard of him. You know, the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. That is easy. All you have to do is tell them that they're being attacked and denounce the peacemakers for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. It works the same in any country. And that's the thing. It does. And it, but it used to be they had to do it in speeches and it used to be they had to do it with leaflets. And now they can we can do it on social media and now it could be coming from Putin's forces. And I'm just saying, like, again, I, I don't mean to repeat myself. But when you think of how easy it is and how these guys were manipulated to where they are, like we've got a really dangerous future coming. Trump could be thrown to the side. As you've said, we need to indict the entire Republican Party. But we still also need to figure out how we're going to stop these people's minds from being infected by this virus, because that's what it is in the end. Yeah. And that's uh, one of the things that is coming. Not that we didn't know this before, but um, one of the, the things that's coming out of these hearings is just how um, universal the, the rot is how many of our systems are affected and um, how much work we have to do, even though we're all really tired. Uh, Ali, final thoughts. Um, I mean, basically what I just said is that um, we, we got to hold all of them to the fire and just keep um, pressing Republicans on this issue because I do feel like they're starting to slowly move away from talking about it. And I also feel that at this point in time, half of the party is like, moving on from Trump. This is my personal opinion. And I, I was a Trump supporter back in the day. So this is where I get my perspective from is that a lot of people are moving yeah. away. And then there's the other half that are ride or dies for him. So whether he gets indicted or not, you know, I feel like half of them will think it's a witch hunt and the half, other half will say, well, this other candidate over here isn't like him, isn't him. So yeah. I'm going to support them anyway. And it's like, we have to be like, this party is Trump. Trump is the party. And yep. we're going to reject all of it. Absolutely. Uh, George? Oh my gosh, off guard. Um, <laughs> I'm just so trying not to planning keep you on your just, <laughs> My you goodness know, gracious. Final, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, I'm, th just this for has been today, so enlightening. Obviously. And, and, right, and just for today. Um, uh, this, has been, this is so enlightening. I mean, hearing everybody else's voices here. I learned so much from these, by the way. So thank you all for that. Um, That's why we're here. And I, no, and actually, it is why we're here. Not just to educate. <laughs> Yeah. For you and me, yes. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I am more motivated than ever. I am so turned on at the prospect of voting this November. Um, uh, and I'm trying to mobilize my following. I've been doing it for the past couple of weeks, every day to just get everybody in, like, let's make sure all our voting gears and, like, do you have your, is your ID ready? Do you have your registration? Do the addresses match? It, don't give them any reason at the election site to give you any fuckery. Like, let's right. make sure, like, look at it now. Does your driver's license expired? Like, just get it all together. Yeah. Don't give them a reason, basically, and get everybody to vote. We need a turnout, yeah, unlike we any we've ever had. And I'm just trying to sort of do my little part to make that uh, sexier and more fun than ever. So we'll see. Yeah, and that's something I'd, I want to talk to all of you about somewhere down the road, like this whole idea that, you know, I voted already. Well, okay. Uh, democracy mm. is a process, and this is a fundamental right we have that we need to continue to exercise. Um, Adam, last thoughts? I was just going to share a comment from Melissa in the comment section, and then Waj jumped off, so it wasn't as fun. But 
she said that this looks like Hollywood Squares, but the political version, which it literally does. If anyone remembers that, Hollywood Squares. Yeah. Can I be Paul Lind? Oh, I was going to be Paul Lind because I'm in the middle right now. You are in the center square. Yeah. That's my final thought because I see. I'm Trisha Yearwood. I think you know, John Bauman, uh, who uh, was, of course, in Shanana, but also hosted Hollywood Squares, uh, is around and very active in the political world. Yeah. Maybe, maybe somebody we uh, should. Oh, uh, that would be a blast. I've actually worked with him on a project or two. Big progressive activist. Can come on like one of the yeah, strategy sessions. Cool that would guy. be so much fun. Okay, cool. I, I will yeah. take that under advisement. Shana, no, I won't. No, Just no, give so give me his contact oh, information. That would that. be. That would be hysterical. Uh, Charlotte, wrap up. Uh, yeah, really quickly, Democrats, we're not winning the national conversation. And this is all moved if we get to November and GOP gets control of both chambers and is able to just obstruct any further investigation. We are not winning the national conversation. And if the Democratic Party doesn't get its head out of its ass and have a united front on January 6th, just pushing out ads, making the conversation about their corruption and their lack of good faith in the government yeah. process, we lose. That's all I got. No, but right. I think, yes, true, yes, and part of me thinks, how is it possible, whether they have their messaging right or not, and they should, of course, but literally it's like, yeah, the Democrats' messaging is bad and inflation and gas prices, so let's vote for the I'm not fascists. talking about that. No, I know, no, I know, yeah. but, but it's part of the same thing, though. It's like, but it's not though. If we if we're holding daily press conferences, every every single prominent Democrat and pointing, look at them, just pointing to the shit and saying, look at this shit that they're pulling on you, right now. They are trying to overthrow your right to vote, your right to select your leaders, trying to overthrow our government. What are we going to do about this? You know, but we're not doing that. We're not seeing that daily pounding on news shows. We're not seeing that kind of united front messaging from the Democratic Party. And let's at least acknowledge that, folks, even no, when it's hard. I, I agree with you. Oh, I totally agree with you about that. What I'm saying is, and yet, okay, bad messaging aside, I mean, oh. we're, you know, we're, it's literally democracy or fascism. And I, I'm not saying that messaging isn't important. It's just deeply frustrating that, you know, Democrats want a living wage and they want to fight climate change and blah, 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 blah. And the, and the Republicans want fascism and a theocratic, apartheid state so gas prices are high let's go with the fascism that's the part that just blows my mind and well, i know it's not that simple the worst but part is if they keep if, i don't mean to cut you off but if they can keep you see it if they can keep pushing out the inflation message and the gas prices message and of course they just send out crap about oh joe biden still hasn't been to the border and you're seeing in regular conversations which, which i do when i walk around i live in cincinnati that people are talking about that shit because we're not doing what Charlotte was saying. We're not out there every day disqualifying the fucking Republican Party because they're doing it's not just January we're not 6th, talking. It's, the Supreme, it's the Supreme Court. It's the fact that every yeah. day something else crazy is happening, or one of them is saying something like, you know, praising Nazis. Or I mean, we should be doing this every day. I'm sorry. I get it completely. The, the... I get it completely. You know, it's like when when Sonia Sotomayor comes out to defend Clarence Thomas, I want to just jump off a fucking cliff. Brian, final thoughts about today? Well, I uh, on what Cliff and you were saying, final thoughts is if you want to make change. Not Cliff Schechter, just a, a cliff. <laughs> that cliff. Don't jump off <laughs> me either. I'm no you went off that cliff. Now, <laughs> final thoughts on today is it was, uh, A, what you two were just saying, Democrats got to get better at messaging. 
must get better at messaging. They're horrible at it. I showed you earlier, Mary, this week where there's just not anybody in the White House out there talking their talking points. They had, you know, thousands out on the South Lawn. Do we even hear about it? No. Of course, Donald Trump sucks up all the available oxygen, and I'm sure part of him loves being talked about daily, even as he's being marched to the gallows. He, yeah, but he doesn't think all he's, about been, he's never been marched to the gallows. Why would he, he think, think he's, he's being marched to the gallows? I think he's at least going to be. That invited. doesn't mean he thinks he's going to be. No, that's the it, that's the difference. True. But I do think you're right. I think he had. I think he's showing signs of cracking and panic. Yeah. But yeah, my yeah. final my final thoughts out of today was. It was low-keyed compared to others, but it brought in key people to show how they were influenced by Donald Trump. And yeah. it used Donald Trump's own words and the words of the people in his administration to show the linkage that, that he had. And as Liz Cheney said at the beginning, when she said, look, he thinks he can get out of this by saying he was given bad advice. No, he's ultimately responsible for what he did. He knows what he did. It's proof. There's proof out there that he knew that this was a lie that he continued to, to take us over the cliff's edge. And by God, today, the people showed how they fell for it. So it, it's from top to bottom, these seven hearings have stitched together a very good narrative. And Jamie Raskin, whom I've known for 20 years, is a great storyteller. And yep. he told a great story today and put it in a narrative format from which we all can benefit. And if the Democrats do not start using these hearings as talking points and if the doj does not find take this and turn this into yeah. legitimate charges i'm going to be deeply deeply uh, disturbed by this because it's such an obvious thing disturbed is, i mean it's over if that it, doesn't happen I mean, it's absolutely over so in terms of like the communication just quickly who do we talk to about this i don't know Jeff, well, what, I think Ron Klain is the guy that's got to hear it. It was a rhetorical question. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Ron Klain yeah. is the guy. Okay. It's not rhetorical. I don't know him. <laughs> Jen, go I got ahead. Two, I got two things. I got my my hearing and then what we do as a party. Hearing, I'm still pissed off because the statute of limitations hasn't fully run on volume two of the Mueller report. Mm -hmm. And there were some obstructive acts from July of 2014 fucking 17 and i have no faith anymore in merrick garland at all and I've, i came around and said he's doing stuff now i have none so i'm gonna you know i'd be happy if stuff happened in fulton county but people don't count on anything from this justice department period next thing though on i've got something positive on the on the party stuff folks okay. the vibes we've got to get the vibes right. So in other words, if I were, um, you know, the uh, communication secretary or whatever it's called, it's not just about punching left that she shouldn't be doing. What right. we need to do is a party, think of a party as like a giant dinner party or whatever. If a few people show up and are complaining that, you know, there are no more olives, you don't say, well, we didn't set up, you know, you don't get up on the microphone and say, well, we had this party for everybody, not, not for the people who are out of step and are complaining about their hors d'oeuvres. You don't say that, right? You say, yeah. I'm glad people care about the party and I understand people are going to push and pull us in different directions. Thank you for participating in this democracy. The Democratic Party has the vibes wrong. And, and the, me the message isn't just, here's the policy. It's how you present it. You say, hey, Republicans say inflation sucks, but look, they blocked this bill. 
hey, we welcome everybody here. I know some of you want us to, I mean, they should have done more, obviously, on Roe. And when they get pushed back, they should say thank you for the feedback. Yeah, and thank there, you for putting us in power. But that's you know, also yeah, a conversation for another Where time. is the, we're a big tent. We're not authoritarian. There's going to be a lot of views in the Democratic Party. Thank you all for voting. And here's also what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why there hasn't been an apology out of the White House for that bullshit comment from the other day. I don't I, know. Whether I'm afraid to speculate. Apologies from the White House for their missteps. No, especially when they it's went. Not, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's it's like printing a retraction that's one one hundredth the size of the article. You know, and well, burying it on page eight for one fucking day. I'd be the f bomb uh, yeah. here and there. Look, I will, I've gone into that press secretary. I can't tell you. It's Jen and Corrine. And explain to them, look, the press is a problem, but and we're a huge problem. There's a lot of people in there that shouldn't be there, have no experience as reporters, should not be in the White House. That's a different problem. Their problem is they've got to get their message out. And yes. I have told them that numerous times. Yeah, <clears throat> and they and nod their heads and they say, yes, we agree. This is a priority for us. And they do nothing different. And right, well, we, do, we've, got to, problems. we've got to figure out a way to, to do something about that. Right now, I just want to I want to hear what Dahlia's final thoughts are. At the year. Yeah, you thought Charlotte was going to be the most depressing person, uh, but it's me. Uh, I'm going to be the most depressing. Is it a contest? Is I can contest? always, I can always find something uh, to perseverate about. And and here's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the question, Mary, you left us with at the break, which is how could a room full of people who were actually <laughs> physically in danger that day, who it, the contemporaneous, you know evidence we have is they thought they were going to die that day. Mm -hmm. um, and how could they somehow either dilute themselves, deceive themselves, be so transactional that now they don't think in those terms? And I think that the scary answer that I am arriving at comes from our friend Stephen Ayers, who testified today, is that his name? Mm -hmm. Who was trying to explain how just an ordinary person could get to the place where they would take up arms hitch a ride with friends to DC, go to the ellipse, and then on the, you know, orders of a complete wackadoo, storm the Capitol. Like, how does that happen? And I think that the scary thing, just to connect those two thoughts, is that one of the big themes that I've talked about a little bit here, but I've thought about it a ton in terms of the Supreme Court term, is the ascendancy of vigilantism in America and the million, million ways that the Supreme Court this term blesses vigilantism, yeah, not limited to expanding gun rights, but constant persistent messaging that you are a law unto yourself. And whether it's your religious liberty that's at stake or your sense of freedom or your sense of power over crime, pick up a gun, figure out the, the law, as, as Ayers said, do your own research and you decide what the law is and then you enforce it. And be and a bounty hunter. What, be a That's bounty right. hunter. That was SB8. Right. That was That's how right. we started this term in Texas. And so I just really think in addition to, you know, and I'm not a political strategist and so I can't fix messaging, but what I can say is one of the themes that I pull out of these hearings is if we don't figure out a way to talk both about and to people who think that vigilante violence, that Kyle Rittenhouse, that picking up a gun and going to a place to impose your idea of the law on masses of other people, we don't figure that out. 
we're in much bigger trouble than just the 22 or 24 election. But that's not really new. I mean, the John Birch Society, the Ku Klux Klan, we've had these idiots around it's forever. It's completely it's different. It's, no, it's, what's it's, different is social media has allowed no, them to fight each other. No, it's no. being blessed by the court. As a reasonable tool for one party to wield or a weapon for one party to wield, as Dahlia said, blessed by the Supreme Court. Okay. This was quite something. Um, <laughs> thank you all for being here. Gentov, Dahlia Lithwick, Brian Karam, Charlie Clymer, Norm Ornstein, George Hahn, Dean Obadala, uh, Kathy Griffin, Cliff Schechter, Rosie O'Donnell, Rosanna Arquette, Waja Lee, and was Kurt here today? Yeah. Yes. Bardella. Yes. I think yes. I got everybody. Ali Samarco, yeah. Adam Parkamenko, all of you are phenomenal. I can't see any of you right now, but you're <laughs> phenomenal. I appreciate, I appreciate your honesty, your wisdom, your truth, your uh, willingness to keep fighting and wear cool sunglasses and hats as, as needed. Um, so let's just, let's keep at it. And um, hopefully I'll see you all at the next hearing. Uh, I don't know when that's going to be, but if not at the hearing, then at, at, at next week's strategy session for everybody else listening, join me Thursday night, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific at youtube.com slash Politicon for the next uh, episode of the Mary Trump Show. Uh, in the meantime, please stay safe. Be kind. I love all of you. Thanks.